Hey folks, I'm back. Pam for Down for Pause and Scott here, my co-host, who Man. also have dogs. And so we kind of chat a little bit. He asks all the questions that you guys may want to ask, but you're not here live. So he usually um, taps in and talks a little bit about his dogs too. Um, I'm excited about today's topic. I've been waiting a while to talk about this just because it's like really popular among the calls that I'm getting today. Um, and that is separation anxiety. Um, dogs that are afraid to either be home alone, um, the exact definition of it, just because it can be sometimes misinterpreted, um, is it describes a condition which a dog exhibit distress behavior problems when separated from his, um, their handler, such as you, the owner. Um, and then it usually starts within like um, 45 minutes to you leaving the home um, where they kind of start to freak out or exhibit some of those behaviors. Um, with that being said, the reason why I'm getting a lot of those calls is due to the pandemic. Um, everyone was home for almost two years. The dogs wasn't going out and about. And so they build an even tighter bond with us because we're there all the time. Um, and I know, Scott, you have a dog. And during the pandemic, what did that look like for your dog? Like, as far as when it started to open up a little bit and you going out, did you notice any signs? Or was your dog pretty cool with you leaving after two years? Because that's uh, essentially what it was. Yeah, he was better, I would say, than a lot of dogs I've heard of. But I think for yeah. him, it was almost worse with, with us being home so often because he was used to his like really good quiet power naps of like two or three hours or four hours while we're like gone and we would come home yeah. for lunch and walk him but i think he missed that so it was almost like he had to adjust to not getting his proper sleep and then when we left it was like okay but um it really depended we can't leave him anywhere other than our our place so if we take him to my parents and then we try to yeah. leave him there in a room he'll freak out like he just can't handle it so he yeah. starts howling and everything like that and he just freaks yeah. out. I think it is a lot of, a lot of, he just feels really, he's around us all the time. Right. And we even start yeah. taking him out on car rides more often. So now he feels like we're going out, he should be going out and stuff. So exactly. Always, exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot of that too, is because he's been with you the whole time. So of course he wants to go everywhere you go. And just to piggyback off of kind of, um, you know, how dogs learn the, the, the live that we did a few weeks ago, you mentioned yeah. that when you bring your dog to your mom's, like when you're home and you kind of leave a little bit, your dog's okay. But we take him to your mom's house. It's kind of like an issue when you kind of leave. And yeah. that piggybacks off saying last week where I was talking about um, do dogs not performing a behavior everywhere because they don't practice everywhere. Same thing. Your dog hasn't been to mom's house with you leaving. So that's kind of like a new kind of thing after all this time. So that's where that comes from, just to throw that in there. That but um, yeah, so that's essentially what folks have been going through. Um you know, clingy dogs, um, even more clingy than ever. And talk to me about before the pandemic. Was he like this? Or do you feel like the kind of attachment kind of increased? No, I think he got better. We learned to sort of have him in our bedroom. So it's more because it's got some space for him. So it's kind of like a den. He was never a crate dog. So that was just kind yeah. of, we never landed on that. But he could treat our bedroom as a den. We close the door, then we would leave. So he was good that way. But um, if we ever tried to just leave him in the place, he would kind of freak out or not be super comfortable and then just like leaving him in general any other place he would just it was not uh his home so it'd yeah. be like as you said it was not taught there it was not practiced as much we kind of just took it for granted that he could do it yeah. 
um but then he he really couldn't even if we tried sometimes and that sort of thing exactly and all the things that you're doing right now great management tools to dogs um with separation anxiety and i'll talk about that more too a little bit later but you know creating like a smaller atmosphere for them because if you think about it in a dog's world the house is a big place for them and so if they're already kind of nervous about you leading just you know providing some comfort with us you know putting the dog in a smaller room if your dog's afraid to stay alone in a crate, you know, just creating some type of boundaries within your home when you leave yeah. so that it's more comfortable for them and trying it that way. But those are all good techniques as well. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times when I'm talking to the client, you know, they don't know where it started, where it came from, why is my dog doing this? And so, you know, of course the pandemic, you know, is a big thing, you know, with being home all the time and then being attached. But there are other reasons too um, where dog can, you know, kind of, get some type of separation anxiety going on. And so one of them is rehoming a dog. If you think about it, like taking them from, you know, stability to instability. And if you think about it, they're doing that all the time. Now when we're taking them, either we're purchasing them, purchasing our dogs from a breeder, they're coming for a shelter. And even if they're not there for years on end, they still are spending way more time there than they are in your home. And they could, you know, experience some separation behind that. And so just be mindful that when you're bringing your dogs home, and I'm going to talk about the signs and stuff like that to look for that they're, you know, of course they're excited because it's a new home, but you want to make sure that you're not, they're not being stressed out by creating separation anxiety from where they were. Um, Also, if they have long absences early on in their life, um, so suppose, you know, they're supposed to be with their mom early on and their siblings and they were taken away. That can create some type of separation anxiety, especially when they already had that bond. Um, and the biggest thing too, and all leading back to pandemic is, um, change in schedule, um, family members working from home consistently for long periods of time. Again, the same thing you were talking about that creates, um, separation anxiety. And, um, I had this client, um, call me, um, so everyone's assuming everyone went back home, went back to work um, in the workplace, but a lot of folks are staying at home indefinitely. And so, you know, it kind of raises the question like, okay, you're telling me my dog has separation anxiety, um, but I'm working from home indefinitely. So how do we work on that? How do we, you know, fix that? And so before we even get into that, one of the things I like to talk about is like the diagnosis of separation anxiety, because sometimes it could be misreported as other things. And so when I was talking to her, what I was kind of explaining, you want to rule out some things um, when it comes to separation anxiety. Um, So you want to make sure that your dog um, not understimulated. So a lot of times... um, in separation anxiety, your dog will chew on things, you know, sometimes they even get severe enough where they nod through a crate. So you uh-huh. want to make sure exactly and look at the exercise schedule and make sure that, you know, they are getting plenty of stimulation to keep them kind of occupied. And I know I talked about puzzle toys earlier on, and that's uh, one of the ways as well. Um, in addition, um, they may urinate in the house when you're gone, all part of separation mm-hmm. anxiety and stress and stuff like that. So you want to think to yourself, is my you know dog potty trained? And if they're not, you want to take that in consideration before you call it um, separation anxiety. Um, and the number one thing too, and that's with any type of behavior problems, even beyond separation anxiety, you want to rule out any medical conditions first and foremost. Um, you just want to make sure they're not going through anything that's causing whatever behavior that's they're causing. And then um, we can get into how to fix it. Yeah. Um, even with that, um, there's certain um, signs that you'll see um, with your dog. So sometimes you're seeing extreme salvation um, from stress. They will, um, you know, drool a lot. 
Um, when you come home, some dogs, like I said, with severe separation anxiety, they'll even gnaw, try to gnaw through the wooding, um, gnaw through the metal crate. And yeah. that can be dangerous, as you can imagine. Um, exactly. Um, excessive vocalization and things like that. Um, sometimes they do um, go through um, diarrhea, vomiting. They can self-injure themselves. So that's all the things and signs that you can kind of see when um, you're working with a dog with separation anxiety. And so when I'm working with my clients, um, usually I go through a four week program where, you know, I start, you know, initially when you think about separation anxiety, your dog is clinging to you. So you want to start thinking about the triggers, like what is, you know, the things you do in the morning where your dog's like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, Scott's going to be gone, you know? Yeah, they start recognizing like patterns, right? And patterns, exactly. And so- yeah. Think about back to when you were saying your dog um, was kind of freaking out a little bit. Did you notice like anything where it would alert your dog? Like sometimes it's taking a shower, getting dressed, putting on shoes, jingling keys. Yeah, he can sort of tell, I guess, from our movements and just he knows us well enough that he knows when we're starting to like get things together, get bags together. We're more a little more active, getting a little bit closer to the door Um, with us now. We have a baby. So when we're getting the stroller ready you know, those things. And he always feels like he's coming with us or when we're at my parents, he feels like he should be coming with us as well. So he can yeah. sort of really sense. he really is sort of innately be able to sense probably just from being with us for so long. Like what are our, our cues that we, maybe we don't even realize exactly. uh, ready, like shoes, wallet, uh, mm-hmm. keys. Right. Um, and are just yeah. like all the tips. Okay. Both of them are moving. They're moving towards the door. They're getting ready. Uh, what do I do now? Am I going with them? Is, is my harness being put on? It's not being put on. Okay, now I'm going to freak out a little bit, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. Like, where are they going? Yeah. And so that's part of what I do, you know, at, you know, when I meet with the clients is sitting down like, okay, take me through your day. What does it look like, you know, when you're, you know, when your dog starts freaking out and even sitting there going through the list of my clients, they're like, you know what? I do realize as soon as I start putting on my slippers in the morning, my dog kind of gets antsy. You know, yeah. or, you know, and then the next thing I do, I notice when I go to a shower. So we'll write down that list in chronological order, you know, from the one that's from day, you know, first thing in the morning to the yeah. last thing going out the door. And we work on kind of desensitizing the dog to that, which I talked about in earlier, which essentially changing their emotional response to like a happy one. And yeah. so what I usually have, the, you know, clients do, so say it's the keys just throughout the day, you know, picking up the keys, jingle them, putting them back down, giving them a yeah. treat. Just doing that randomly throughout the day. So the dog learns like, wait, you know, Scott picked up the keys, but he didn't go anywhere. Nothing happened. Everything's good. Everything's good. So it just starts off by that, you know, doing that as far as training. Um, And so the biggest question is how to fix it. Um, So with separation anxiety, there are some things you can do alone, but it would be best to work either closely with a trainer in addition to doing the things yourself or... um, you know, starting off with some few tips I can give you guys now. So one of the things you want to do, if your dog um, is experiencing severe separation anxiety, sometimes um, severe meaning that, you know, the excessive drooling, you know, they're self-injuring themselves, they're biting through the crater, things like that. You may want to check what a behaviorist, um, someone who could look at it more detailed and um, check them out, check your dog out with a vet just to make sure there's no underlying medical conditions. Um, In addition to sometimes the vet can put your dog on medication that will help them kind of regulate their emotions and settle all down a little bit while you work on separation anxiety. So first thing first, first things first, you want to clear out any medical things. Um, 
while you're working on your dog in separation anxiety, you want to be sure not to leave them home alone if they are not, you know, if they're freaking out within 45 minutes. So whether that's enlisting like neighbors to take care of your dog, the dog walker, or someone where your dog can stay until you kind of get this under control or get some training underway. Um, in addition to that, again, like I said, create, you can start today, creating small moments of separation. So when you go to the bathroom, let your dog sit outside the door. When you come back out, you can give them a treat. Good job. You waited five seconds. You created moments of separation. Okay. You're going to go get your kids or, you know, from the, down the neighbors, or you're going to go do yard work, leave your dog in the house, come back, make a big deal out of it, give them a treat. So that those are small moments right there where it's not long enough to kind of get them riled up, but it's still starting the process of creating separation so that in the long run, you can create duration behind that, doing it longer and longer. That makes um, sense. They're like really easy wins, right? Like easy things that you can nail, exactly. really easy small wins. things for like progressively build forward, right? That makes sense. Yep, exactly. And also um, creating a consistent routine helps dogs with separation anxiety because they kind of predict and know what's coming. And that makes it a lot easier uh, to them for them. Um, and so those are just some of the small tips, you know, in working with a trainer, what they do is create even further moments of separation. Um, and that's by working on sit stays with distance where you work on sits and going further away at a distance and doing some peekaboos behind walls and stuff. So training um, usually takes around six to 12 weeks. But again, and between the process, we're working together as a family, like I'm your family. And, you know, you're going to do some homework. I'm going to piggyback off that. And then together we work together to create, you know, a separation anxiety um, free dog um, yeah. that can sit at home for hours on end. Um and also another thing that you guys can start doing is remember I was talking about the um triggers and things like that. Sit down with your family, make a list of things that you notice where your dog gets kind of anxious and start working through those triggers. And like I say, dogs love treats. So just pairing them with treats and working through them um, from what may be the beginning of the day for a trigger for your dog all the way up to when um, you're leaving out the door. So those things are um, essential. Yeah, I guess it kind of goes back to like what you talked about with the how do dogs learn is like always rewarding with treats to sort of have that positive reinforcement, right? Even on the small things and yeah. it leans into that a bit and that sort of thing. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And so just working on those things and, you know, and getting your dog familiar with you leaving. And also a big thing, like I talked about in the beginning, is getting a whole family on board, making sure everyone's doing the same thing. Because yeah. your dog may have a different trigger towards, you know, your wife leaving, then you leaving. So you want to make sure that you're getting everyone on the same page and everyone on board. And that's a lot of the things I do with the families I train with is getting everyone on the same page because everyone has different opinions, ideas, yeah. and letting everyone know and letting the family know, you know, they can't, it can't work for everyone. There's a plan for everyone, including the dog. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially, you know, I hope you guys um, take some of these tips and utilize them with your dogs to create some separations and moments of separations, you know, and you guys can always reach me for questions or if you're interested in training at Down for Paws, or you can go to downforpaws.com and find really cool things on the website as well. You know, yeah. if anyone has any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments too, and we'll uh, check back on those as well. And we get notifications and stuff. So Pam can help you guys out through that. But uh, yeah, this has been really insightful, especially just yeah. knowing the different points and where the starting point is too, right? So that's a lot of times we don't know where to start and uh, exactly. knowing that, okay, I got to make sure I check with my vet, see if there's anything I need to rule out. Otherwise, let's move forward with finding someone who can help me out with uh, someone like you, Pam, who can help me out with the exactly. anxiety 
and actually work through it. Because a lot of times when you're in it, you don't see it as much. So it's good to have that that fresh pair of eyes actually seeing and breaking it down as far as what the triggers really are and, yeah. and really understanding what they're looking for. Because you know what you're looking for when you're looking at separate yeah. anxiety too. Yeah, and I just wanted to add it to folks too that I do also um, do virtual training as well. So this is definitely something, you know, where you don't have to be in my state of Massachusetts. It's something that definitely can happen um, yeah. virtual like we're talking right here. So I just wanted to throw it out there for folks. Yeah, that well. makes sense. Makes a ton yeah. of sense. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, enjoy your day and I hope you have a wonderful day and create moments of separation and I'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Bye.